Hi, I'm Irene Yanku, and this is my podcast. I have spent my entire career in dentistry learning. Learning about new technology, techniques to better my clinical skills, and now I'm a practice owner and leader. In life as a learner, I've noticed my truest love for learning has not been about teeth or what material is best to use for a core buildup. It's been learning about people in our dental community. The educators, scientists, clinicians, business owners, and advocates, their stories, their lives, their why, and their what's next. Getting to know them as humans, identifying how they work, what their rituals are, while highlighting them as the true trailblazers in dentistry. And that's what I do here on the show. So hold on to your suction. It's about to get slippery here on the Tooth or Dare podcast. couldn't visit their loved ones no and then no, that was, was, was pre-vaccine time yes yeah. uh, like I remember seeing videos of people outside like standing windows. outside windows yeah. and doing like drive-bys with their families like mm-hmm. so hard yeah. welcome back to part two with Tina Mavernakis recording live at the Phillips booth how would you describe the difference between Sonicare versus oscillating rotating toothbrushes all right. So big, um, big ask. A big, big question. Ask, yeah, big yeah. ask. <laughs> big um, ask. The question that I get often in social media, too. All right. So um, the technology, when we're looking at what um, a toothbrush does to disrupt that biofilm, we're looking at two things. We're looking at the frequency, how fast that toothbrush is moving, as well as the amplitude. How much coverage is it, uh, surface coverage is it covering? So oscillating, uh, rotating, pulsating so is... Describe, describe to the viewers at home the... the the visual aspect of what you're seeing with the two types of technology. Okay. So describe to them what, what does Philips do versus what do other people do? Right. Yeah. So that oscillating, pulsating um, moves very fast. Yeah. And it's moving kind of like this. Right. But it's covering a very specific spot. Yeah. So very technique dependent. Mm. Whereas with a Sonicare, it's that really wide amplitude. So it's making a really, really big sweep and it's moving really, really fast. Yeah. So that combination together gives us something which is exclusive to that technology called dynamic fluid action. So it's oh. actually creating fluid movement in the oral cavity. It's creating disruption of biofilm two to four millimeters beyond the brush because of that fluid movement, that disruption. At ODA in Toronto, in part one, we talked about your journey to dental hygiene, your journey out of Iran, Mm -hmm. into the UK, out of the UK, meeting your husband, (laughs) having him make fun of your funny accent. Yes. And restorative dental hygiene. That was like a big focus. Yeah. I want us to like go back to where we ended our first episode together. Okay. So Tina's practice is quite unique now and it was unique then and it's even more unique now so you originally had a mobile dental hygiene practice but you focused on corporate yeah dental hygiene yeah so you would basically grab your stuff mm-hmm. grab your team of peeps and you would show up to like a law firm set up mm-hmm. in their boardroom and like have just like a revolving door of their lawyers and admin people right. getting their teeth cleaned throughout the day yes which is amazing because it like they don't have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like they're just like gonna, gonna send this one last email, get my teeth clean, and be back in an yeah. hour. Yeah. 
but then COVID happened. Yeah. And you had some pretty kick-ass contracts at that point. Like, you've been working on it for years. Yes. You were in Google. Mm-hmm. You were, like, like some of the big, big yeah. companies. Yeah. And then COVID kicked you in the butt. Yes, it did. And that was where we ended it. We ended it with you not really knowing mm-hmm. what the future was. Yeah. So How do you feel about... <laughs> yeah. So, l- let's start with how. Why? Mm-hmm. Why did you choose to stop doing restorative as much as you were right and what made you want to pursue mobile Mm -hmm. dental hygiene okay so um i stopped doing restorative because i wanted to stop i haven't actually stopped doing restorative. right you still do in that full-time position scale down yeah i had to scale down because i wanted to stop traveling Mm. so um I wanted to be home, I wanted to be close to my kids, I wanted to be close to my mom who had just been diagnosed with dementia and I needed to kind of stop. So I I scaled down over a span of a year, um, replaced myself with all the cool people who could do all the amazing things and I made this announcement that I'm actually retiring. No way. I'm actually not doing any dentistry, I'm done. You said you were going to retire? Yep. And I put a 12-month clock on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and worked my way out of everything. So got on that last flight from Calgary. What year was Calgary. this? This was 2000, December 2017. Okay. So got on that last flight from Calgary to Toronto. And it was quite emotional. It was kind of like, okay, I've packed up all my stuff. I'm home and this is it. Um, so that retirement <laughs> lasted maybe five about minutes. five minutes, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> before I was like, uh, what do I do with myself? I can't. So I started to um, go into, you know, our Toronto offices and doing some hygiene. Whenever someone needed, you know, a shift covered yeah. and that sort of thing. But it was still, you know, not full time and it wasn't, it wasn't really scratching the itch right um so then i was having a conversation with my brother once and he was mentioning that the massage therapist had been to his office Mm. and and i'd heard that before and i knew that existed but this time it kind of resonated with me and i said well how does that look who books her appointments um do you guys know she's coming does she come regularly and he's thinking okay why is she asking me all these questions but in the back of my mind i was thinking research i was (laughs) we're like get the notebook out so tell me so more. What would How you much exactly. does she charge you? Is there a travel fee? Can she bill directly? Exactly. You were just like making, okay, you all right. The it. retirement that turned into a side hustle. Exactly. Yeah. So then um, I thought, okay, I'm going to look at equipment. What does this look like logistically? How do I bring dentistry to people's workplaces? Yeah. Um, so very quickly, I put together a small mobile unit and started small. So yeah. started with, you know, friends' companies who had maybe 10 employees and yeah. said, you know, we're just going to come for a day. For the day. Um, tested it out like that and then word of mouth and then, you know, talking to whoever knew someone in HR and wherever. And a lot of tech companies have a lot of health offerings for yeah. their staff. It's um, expensive and they're underutilized. So they're absolutely. like blowing all this money. Absolutely. And yeah. it's about convenience and access to care. And, and a perk, right? Like everyone wants to work perk. for companies that have perks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it took off and we were doing what I call fun dentistry. Lots of cleaning, whitening, tons of whitening. We played fun music. We had aromatherapy. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a fun 
activity for the employees and yeah. whoever else. So it started slow. Things were picking up quite nicely. So by January of 2020, we were solidly booked every day of the week for the next year. Wow. So um, I went to a mobile and tele-dentistry conference and spoke to the folks who do this all the time and decided that I really wanted to go into elder care. There's definitely a need for it. I knew that from day one. Mm. I just didn't have the brain power to go into that kind of care setting based on my mom's diagnosis. I didn't want to be around folks who were in later stages of dementia because it was showing me the future did you and I think, didn't want to see it. Do you think that it was, like you know a lot about it now. Yes. Is it? Do you think that it was a gap in knowledge that you um, were just, or just were not prepared or didn't want to almost, deal with it yeah, in denial? Almost too much knowledge. Yeah. So I knew what I would see and I didn't want to see it. It was almost some denial, some too much knowledge. Um, and then at some point I decided, you know what, Tina, suck it up. Those are the people who actually need this more than anybody. Mm. So, um, so we were all sat conversations with retirement homes and long-term care facilities, and we're about to start in March of 2020. Yeah. And then all hell broke loose. Yeah. So long-term care facilities and retirement homes locked us out, um, and workplaces stopped being workplaces. Right. So we went from you know fully functioning to zero, yeah. zero production, zero work. Um, and in, in May of 2020, when dental offices went back to work, we weren't going back to work because there was no work for us to go to. And, and the elderly were really on lockdown, too. They certainly they were. were like, they yeah. were on uh, like high alert. Like you couldn't, you couldn't go in. No. People couldn't visit their loved ones. No. And then no, that was, was this was pre-vaccine time. Yes. Yeah, uh, like I remember seeing videos of people outside like standing windows. outside windows yeah. and doing like drive-bys with their family is like mm-hmm. so hard. Yeah, yeah, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, heartbreaking. Um, so we, by August of twenty-one, when all the elderly got vaccinated, all the healthcare professionals got vaccinated, there was a comfort where they wanted to talk again, and also there was this huge need because there was all these folks who hadn't had the chance to go to the dentist or have anyone look in their mouth yeah short staffed what did you see what 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 was what was that manifestation over that (laughs) amount of time i mean we're still catching up um there's there was a lot of you know dentures that hadn't been taken out in months no way um there was yeah so there there there's a lot of just broken down teeth and um class five a lot of class fives a lot of a lot of sdf a lot of sdf yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, so that pivot, like we fully concentrated on going into the elder care communities. Um, and to this date, we still haven't fully gone back to the workplace, which is coming. Cause do you think that you'll stick with elder care or do you think you will also c- continue to try and keep up with those contracts that you had before? I'd like to do both. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a three sort of three sections that we deliver care to we also go into condominiums yeah. and see families but not individual in their units. like party room or exactly something. exactly yeah. so to me it's about access to care so everyone could use some more access to oral health yeah. care so if we can provide that why not yeah yeah so so you've got arguably one of the largest contracts with most of these 
facilities getting at least there here yeah. yeah like dozens yeah doubles of dozens yes. what's doubles of dozens doubles of dozens what's to triples of double <laughs> dozens of doubles of dozens <laughs> i feel like i'm buying bagels <laughs> i'll take two dozens <laughs> two dozens um are you hiring what do you yes. what do you want yeah what no, do we're, you gr- we're growing yeah we're definitely growing We've what does this look like for someone that's like i don't know what this practice model looks like at mm-hmm. all what what how would one so can they temp with you can they like ideally like no feel it out i mean i know you but the, al- it always takes that one yes. first try right so we always i mean we go through the vetting process sure. interviewing especially discussions. Like with such a vulnerable population absolutely absolutely and that takes a while but once we get to the point where okay let's try this out i always say and i've done this even in brick and mortar practice is it's so much of a people thing. Yeah. Like, we can figure out you've got the skills. I'm sure someone gave you a license because you've sure. got the skills. Um, but the, this part, I don't know, and I'm not going to get that in an interview. Maybe I'm not a great interviewer, but I don't know. You can fool me. You can be like, I mean, I'm great, and I'm wonderful, and sure. whatever. But I want you to try it out one day. So I always say we do it almost like a working interview, sure. right? So you come on board. We're there fully to support you. So there's almost like one there's person who can absolutely yeah. fully do what you're doing um, just in case you, I don't know, can't. Because um, it's not the same. Like we're not no. like laying you back in a dental chair where there's no real no. stat at your like disposal. Like sometimes these patients are bedridden. Yes. And you've got it and the lighting is not great. Mm-hmm. You've got like a little light you set up and stuff. But so it's, it's depending on the situation. So yeah. depending on the level of abilities or the level of dependence. Your communication. Yes. Right. Then things can look different. We do have portable dental chair that yeah. is wonderful. It goes all the way back. It doesn't come up because it doesn't have hydraulics. Sure. Um, we do have a fully running unit with a rear sat, with water, with yeah. air, with all of that. Um, and lights, we usually have them on our on loops. On your loops, yeah. Right? Um, but that's the ideal. There yeah. are folks we see in the wheelchair because they can't right. transfer. Yeah. Um, there are folks we see in their bed because, again, you they are bedridden. Yeah. Exactly. So we we make do. Yeah. Um, ultimately, it's about individualizing it for that human who's in our chair at that moment. Hmm. Um, so I always say it, it's not anything like your brick-and-mortar practice, um, especially with the elder care. And if you don't have a passion for dealing with the elderly and yeah. providing for them and caring for them and probably not the job for you yeah i have a couple of questions to close us off the Go tough questions it. are you cool with that <laughs> sure. one that's dental related mm-hmm. and related to this like topic as someone who is a checklist person mm-hmm. as someone who's like you know i i envision that you like i perhaps scale similarly like there's a sequence oh like, yeah there's there's a path like I don't go back I'm like committed to that one area mm-hmm. and then I'm done and I move on mm-hmm. and I envision that in this type of practice you have to at some point just be like I physically cannot fix what years of damage has done yes how do you get over that how do you say I've done the best that I could with the resources that I have in the situation that I'm in and then not like be up all night so it's a it's a constant reminder that you have to remind yourself Um, You can't be a perfectionist because perfection, I've learned, is the um, enemy of things happening, right? Yeah. So you can sit there and try and make sure something's perfect and not actually get to make a difference. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing where 
again, we're dealing with human beings. Human beings are all different. Everyone's going to react differently to whatever you deliver to them. So you, you can't have perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. To me, perfect is you've made a difference in that person's mouth mm. and you've left them better than you found them. Yeah. And if you weren't there, that wouldn't have happened. Worse. Hmm. Yeah. Do you have any rituals? Anything that you do every single day? Um, Call it obsessive compulsive <laughs> or, or for a pur- purpose? Yeah. Um, my rituals change. <laughs> okay. What's your current ritual for relaxation? But, um, I've kind of let them go for a while, so I'm kind of getting back on track with that. But my mornings, I'm a morning person, so I'm up quite early before anybody else is up. So my mornings are my me time. Yeah. Um, so that definitely includes a coffee. <laughs> yeah. That definitely includes some quiet time. Um, yeah. Thinking. Slow mornings. Making notes. Yeah. Um, just remembering things and and I, I utilize emails with the delay like scheduled mm-hmm. emails like crazy because when the thought comes to my mind that's usually in the morning mm-hmm. at like five in the morning mm-hmm. so I don't want to be sending out emails to people at five in the morning or I have <laughs> I mean I do it no um, shame so that sort of hour or so call it before everyone else gets up and starts moving around the house that's that's my ritual I, I yeah. really strive on that um, I'm a fun- I'm a fully functioning introvert, so I need that quiet time too. Yeah. Um, because then the rest of the day is like you got to be on and you, mm-hmm. you got to deal with people, and which is amazing. But um, I it's need draining. to give myself exactly yeah. that sort of quiet time. Yeah. So that um, depending on the weather, that's why I'm saying it changes. Yeah. Depending on the weather, that could look like a walk. Yeah. So I do a half hour walk every morning nice. when I can. And um, that's just me. Do you listen to anything? I do. I listen to podcasts. <laughs> do you listen to this podcast? Of course I do. <laughs> what podcast is this again? <laughs> and the best is if I'm listening to your podcast and, and you then call I text you or text me, and I'm like, oh, oh this is creepy. she knows. <laughs> is there like a uh, like a whatever like a thing a VPN you need to turn on? Yeah, it's too funny. Um, we didn't bring this up at all, mm-hmm. but you lost your mom I did. recently. Yeah. So you spoke about how influential she was in your upbringing and mm-hmm. positivity. And I heard a lot of people speak about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all shared the same. Like, it wasn't yeah. just like, oh, cool, Tina's talking, saying nice things about her mom. It's like, yeah strangers that had met me for the first time mm-hmm. remember her exactly or remembered her the, exactly the yeah. same way. Do yeah. you think that that's changed your philosophy now with elder care and you're, you're like diving even further in or ha- how was that first day it back after you lost your mom? So losing someone to dementia is it's a long process so you lose them every day for over a year over many years. Um, and one of the things that I learned through this journey is that people, and not out of being mean, just out of not knowing, they treat the person who has dementia as, well, they don't know any better. Mm. Whereas the loved ones of that person know that person before the dementia. And it's like, well, don't talk to her. Do you know who she is? Yeah. Right? So that's one of the things I've always had in our practice. And... Um, it's definitely become even more so in the last year or so and then 
since I've lost my mom. So one of the things we ask when we go in, in our medical history, one of the top questions we need to know is what kind of music did they like? What was their favorite music? Because when they're in our chair, we play that they music for them. It. They know it. And it makes a difference. So to me, it's like this person, because they have dementia and they can't express themselves. You're going to make me cry. I can't look at you. <laughs> I can't look at you right now. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, Tina. <laughs> Sorry. See, we thought you were going to make me cry. but <laughs> I can see the tears just slowly <laughs> forming in her eyes. This is why. But I'm, my tears are just, they're very easily given. Rolling out. So I think that's the lesson everyone should know is there's a human being who's stuck yeah. in this disease. Don't lose sight of that. Yeah. Don't lose sight of that because they can't tell you differently. They can't express themselves because they look like they're not fully there. They're there. I saw it with my mom. I knew when people treated her badly, her reactions were different. Mm. When they dismissed her, her reactions were different. Don't ever dismiss a human being. Yeah. Because I think it's a reflection of you as well, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Tina. Thank you. <laughs> Stupid just crying here and straight show floor, people walking around. It's like, it was Irene again. Just tears here down her face. Here we go. Yeah. Love you. Love you more. Thank you. Thank you. I'll link all of the information below, and I encourage you, if you've never done a day in elder care, come hang out with me. You should. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Awesome. Until Thank next you. time. Peace out, peeps. Bye. Oh, hi. So you made it all the way to the end. Thank you for sticking around. And I hope you enjoyed this episode, found it informative, entertaining, and of course, as per usual, find me hilarious. If you liked what you heard, it would really mean a lot to me if you could show your support by liking, commenting, or sharing this episode with a friend or family member. Your feedback and engagement helped me get on the mic today, and it would also improve our future shows and reach more people who maybe could benefit from our content as well. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to my podcast on your favorite platform or on YouTube. Follow along on this crazy journey with me at toothlife.irene and at toothordare.podcast on Instagram and Twitter. That way you'll be the first to know when episodes are released and you won't miss a beat. I appreciate your support and look forward to bringing you more great episodes in the future. From my team to yours, thanks again for listening and I'll catch you on the flip side.